where's the music where's nate where's emily it's like we've lost all control around here and i'm going to explain to you why and what is going on <laughs> so uh this past weekend by the way this is travis this is the cast and blast florida podcast this is not your regularly scheduled episode or though it is taking the place of the regularly scheduled episode uh, about a month ago, we have these things called patrons or Patreons where people can actually pledge to support our show. That's, it's almost like a public radio type thing. They can, they can pledge to donate X number of dollars a month and it helps us out with show cost. And I mean, this stuff is not free, but all we do. So we do, we started last month, a patron show and we always wanted to give kind of a preview to all of our listeners of what the patron show is going to be like, like that was kind of in the, in the plans. Anyway, we we're going to do like an excerpt. But uh, what happened is we were scheduled to do one this week. I was scheduled to do one, which you're all about to hear in a few minutes. Um, And I went and got COVID vaccine, not looking for political commentary or thoughts on the COVID vaccine or anything else. But I went and got one on Friday and we were supposed to schedule. Nate was IRL in real life in Nate parlance, which created a whole mess on the Internet the other night when I needed pictures for the Indian River Lagoon. But. Nate was in real life. He was in town for Easter weekend with his family and we were supposed to record Saturday afternoon, I think around four and whatever side effects I had, which was basically like a brain fog and just general lethargy hit me like a freight train about two o'clock and I was completely worthless. I was like, there's no way I can do a podcast. Like I was, I, I couldn't think of words, which may not be that unusual for you guys listening to podcasts. So um, anyway, we weren't able to record at that time when Nate and Emily were ready to record. And then, uh, the next day was Easter. Obviously that was a little bit tough on everybody with family commitments and stuff. So I was like, you know what? I got you guys covered. Don't sweat. It, it was my, it was my screw up. So I'll own it all the way through. And so what we're going to do is instead of me doing a patron show separate this week, I'm going to do, um, that's going to be the show that everybody gets. And patrons, Patreons. I don't know what to call them. Patreons, I think is what, you, what you're supposed to call. It. Anyway, uh, I will get you guys another show next week on different things. But the way I have done these is, and I say these, this is the second one I've done, is pretty unscripted. I usually have a list of things and I just kind of walk through that list and give you my random thoughts on those things. So before I do, since this is a Tuesday show, I need to talk about our good buddy, Fletcher Hallett, 904-315-5812, Hallett Insurance. For all of your insurance needs in Florida, um, commercial policies is a big deal. Why did I hesitate when I said that? <laughs> I don't know. But Fletcher does all kind of business business commercial uh insurance. So if you have a company, if you have a small business, if you have anything like that, you need to hit up Fletcher 904-315-5812. You can email him F Hallett at HallettInns.com. H-A-L-L-E-T-T. I am not singing the damn song. By the way, I'm a little more unfiltered when it's just me and no one else is here to keep me in check. Although you would think Emily would be the one that's most unfiltered. And that's, that's honestly true. Um, but please give Fletcher a, a shout or call. He will still write your boat policy. He'll write your car policy. He'll do your, your home, your life, your auto, whatever you need insurance wise. He's the man. And I've had a number of people reach out and say, you know what? I reached out to Fletcher and he wasn't able to help me, but what a nice guy. Like he ran through all the, he ran through all the gyrations and he could save me $3 a month. And I just didn't feel like it was worth switching for $3 a month. Fletcher's okay with that. So Fletcher Hallett, Allen Insurance, 904-315-5812. What is on my list of unscripted things this week? I guess that is scripted if I have a list, right? That wouldn't be unscripted. But 
I should also warn you guys, there are no edits that happens to this. Like I'm doing this just about as close to live as we can get. So if this was on like real radio, there would have to be somebody with a six second delay and a bleep button. But uh, first thing on my list is mosaic, uh, uh, the, the, the piney point spill. I don't even know what you call this disaster. It's a, it's an ecological disaster. I think we, that's what we're calling it. Um, by now, if you are in any fishing group on the west coast of Florida, you have seen that this is probably the end of the world and the end times and the end of everything as we know it forever and ever. Amen. Um, I just wanted to touch base and talk on this for just a second. And where, where I'm going to land is I'm struggling a little bit around this whole conversation. Obviously, I am not. Let me say it this way. I, I don't I'm not pro mosaic, but I'm also not anti mosaic. And what I mean when I say that before you start sending hate mail to in Henderson at castablastfl.com is that I recognize where the fertilizer industry exists in our world. Right. So it's, it's, if we're going to be super pragmatic and practical and have a deeper conversation, we can't just say cancel mosaic, get rid of mosaic because we're, we're, what's going to, that going to do to the price of food? And then what kind of economic trickle down is that going to have around the country if we were to outlaw it? I mean, this is, this is not something you mine in a lot of spots and, and central West central Florida where, where we reside is one of the spots where you get it. So I, I recognize that is problematic. Now, let me say this. The, the, other, the other side of this coin is, I also think, and I'll catch some heat for this, I think Mosaic has tried to be a good corporate citizen as far as where they participate in the landscape with donations and things. At the same time, that doesn't buy their way out of repercussions for uh, um, abuse of the environment. Is that the right term here? I don't, I don't know. So the way I understand this to have folded out in, and I have no more information than any of you. Like I have access to the same news reports and TV and, and Twitter and, and the same stuff you do. But so you're going to kind of get my, my opinion on this is just, um, as, as, as this is unfolding, we have a gypsum stack that is leaking and where it is leaking, they're afraid is going to breach. And when it breaches, it will, carry hundreds of millions of gallons of water into Tampa Bay, the South shore of Tampa Bay, which is really one of the, it's a special fishery. I've spent a lot of time over there in my day. Uh, it's a beautiful place. It's a special fishery. Tragic to see, tragic to see, even if it's just, it's just nutrient loading, right? Because we've talked about this ad nauseum on the, on the show, but algal blooms are going to blow up whenever you have heavy nutrient load. We're going into the summertime. The water is heating up. We're looking, I think I, I, I said a couple of weeks ago on the show, we're looking at a summer with a pronounced west wind, which means you usually have heavier red tide incursions when you have that heavier west wind. So uh, add in a whole bunch of phosphorus and nitrogen to that, and it's not a recipe for a very good summer or uh, short term, even moderate term prognosis. What do we... What do we do about this? Like, like, how do we fix this? I don't know the answer. I'm not any smarter than anybody else. I am struggling with, as I mentioned earlier, the hypocrisy of it. Like, I use toothpaste that has phosphate in it. I use laundry detergent that has phosphate in it. I'm sure a lot of the folks listening to this do. So it's easy for us to sit back here when a disaster happens and say, oh, you can't do that, you can't do that, you can't do that. And again, I'm not, 
I'm not washing away any responsibility that the that the company and Mosaic doesn't own this particular pit anymore. Um, it's now owned by I think it's HRK Holdings. So, um, but I think that's like business 101, right? To remove yourself a couple of a couple of levels away from where the disaster could happen. But here's how I think we fix it. I think the only way to fix it is we have to train an army of conservationists, of conservation-minded people, because a lot of people are saying, I've seen this outrage on Facebook, and Facebook loves a mob. Like, that's what Facebook was created for, is a mob. And one of the things I keep seeing is, well, we need to remember this when it comes time to vote. Okay, who are you blaming for for this particular thing? Like, are you, are you blaming the current administrations? Are you blaming the administration's from five years ago, from 10 years ago, from 20 years ago. Like this is not a, this is not a thing that snuck up on us overnight. A lot of people have known this is coming for a long time. So how do we fix it by just saying, well, you need to show up and vote. That's really kind of a, (laughs) that's a great battle cry, but it's the, uh, the hashtag of fixing problems, which is not a good way to fix problems. I think the way to solve this problem is, and I'm going to get myself in trouble because no one's here to to double check me, but I'm going to say it this way. We elect people all the time. So I do think, I think voting's connected to this, but we elect people all the time and we do it along these very partisan lines. We, we, we get really entrenched in red versus blue. And I don't care where you land on that. Listening to this, uh, we've spent the last two years listening to why one side's better than the other and why one side is the devil. I mean, that's, that's really what it's boiled down to. And I don't know how you, disentangle that that mentality and that divisiveness and that entrenchment and solve a problem like this because what what's really going to have to happen is let's say let's say that tomorrow we found marjorie stoneman douglas let's say we found the the conservationist conservationist and she she said you know what i'm willing to do it i'm willing to take the twenty eight thousand dollars a year to be a state representative i'm going to run and we all supported her and she ran And she gets up there and she starts pushing some pro-environmental legislation. I'm really, as I'm watching the outrage unfold, I'm seeing folks that are, that are, and I'm not calling out anybody in particular, but I'm seeing guys that own their own businesses and I'm seeing roofers and I'm seeing builders and I'm seeing developers and I'm seeing real estate agents and I'm seeing fishing guides and I'm seeing all these people yelling about this, this spill and and how we need to to shut this thing down. Well, let's say we, we put somebody up there in office and they start pushing this legislation and it starts taking away the number of houses I can build. And it starts taking away the number of roofs I can put up. And it starts taking away the number of trinkets I can sell in my store. It starts taking away the number of podcast listeners I have. It, it starts taking away these things. Am I going to allow that person to continue to operate in that? Or am I going to get kind of apathetic about the whole situation? And or when that happens, isn't the next business going to just come along and run some district attorney that's going to push a pro-business agenda that is opposite of what this person was pushing. I just think we've got to solve this problem at a bigger level. We've got to get some politicians in place, some leaders in place that we are willing to give some patience and some grace to. And I'm not sure that we have those people sitting at the table today. And I don't mean that disparagingly to any of the folks we do have at the table. I just think we've got to, uh, we've got to get some folks with gravitas in there that are willing to, to toe the line and hold it for a long time and lead and galvanize, uh, the conservation community, the environmental community to really move the needle on this stuff. I know that's not a good solution, but I think that's the only way that we solve this problem long-term. And I say this problem, not the mosaic spill, but when you look around the state, 
everything's on fire all the time, right? We've got dead manatees in the Indian River. We've got the Everglades is a disaster. We've got th- this spill. We've got, you know, 20 some odd other gypsum stacks around the state just waiting for this to happen. There's no there's no easy fix in line. So it's going to take a hard fix. And what a hard fix is going to require is a lot of education, a lot of stewardship, a lot of willing to be informed, a lot of hard conversations that folks are willing to have. That is my thoughts on the mosaic skill spill. Can't talk. Remember I said I have brain fog. Well, evidently I got it back. Uh, Second thing on my list, a little bit happier topic. That is the congressional delegation trip that I got to take two weeks ago. I alluded to this on last week's show with Dan and Nate. Um, I, I talked about it a little bit at the top, some of the logistics of it and how complicated it was and how cool it was. But let me just tell you guys a little bit more about it. Cause a lot of folks have reached out and wanted, wanted some more information. So here you go. Um, we were able to go. So, so Mike Elfenbein put this together. Nyla pipes helped him. A number of gladesmen helped him. And what Mike did is he, he assembled a representative group of Congress people and or congressional staffers. So we had Congressman Kat Kamek, Congressman Carlos Jimenez, and Congressman Byron Donalds, all three there in, in, in attendance with a couple of their staffers. And I think we had representatives from six or seven other um, federal, federal uh, I know Congressman Stubbe's office was there. I think someone was there from Congressman Rubio's or Senator Rubio's office. And I know I'm going to leave out just a billion. Someone was there from Alcee Hastings' office. Uh, there, there were just a ton of people there representing uh, those those elected officials in in the in the tour. And so what Mike did is he 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 got a whole bunch of airboat operators from guys that had two seat airboats to guys that had you know eight to ten people on an airboat, and we just loaded up on them. And he took us twenty miles into the Everglades. We went straight north into into Water Conservation Area Three. And once we got in there, uh, we went to a, a camp, a, a private in holding in, in the in the area. And um, we got off and several stakeholders talked. I think uh, someone from the Army Corps talked, someone from uh, Department of Interior spoke for a few minutes. We were just able to hear some different perspectives. People were able to share kind of their perspectives. And it was really kind of a an informal meeting of the of the of the stakeholders just to say hey this is our dirt this is our water this is our land this is the thing we care about and we want you to touch it and feel it because it may not be something that you are exposed to or used to and it's important to us it's a big deal to us Um, we got done at the first camp there in water conservation area three we rode the airboats a little bit further down the road got off at a levee jumped the levee or jumped it we didn't jump it we walked around it and hopped into some uh, buggies and if you're in South Florida you know what I mean by when I say a buggy I'm talking about something the wheels the wheels are taller than I am we climbed up in the buggies and rode you know probably 15 20 minutes to another camp in Big Cypress because on that side of the levee we were now in Big Cypress Uh, we went to that camp and hung out there had another little informal meeting all the on the all the congress people spoke for a few minutes a couple of their a couple of the staffers spoke and it was just a really cool, someone from, uh, I think the Miccosukee tribe was able to speak for a few minutes. Very cool opportunity to be able to connect. It was a small enough group. I think Mike said he used 28 airboats and 20 buggies. So that means there were 48, uh, I'll say operators there roughly. And then there were probably another 50 to 60 
invited folks like myself, like the Congress people, like uh, Matt Pierce was there, represented a bunch of ranching communities. Adam Bass was there from Conservation Florida. So, so we were able to kind of really mingle and have some really great conversations. And that's, that's really where you move the needle and stuff. Because at the end of the day, all of us want more money. From a federal level, all of us want more money coming to our state to solve our state's problems, right? That's, that's ultimately what we want to happen. The Everglades is a whole system. I, I think, I'll say it, I'm not worried about getting in trouble anymore with you guys, but I'll say it this way. A lot of times we paint the Everglades as Everglades National Park, and I heard it said on this tour in the Big Cypress by some of these stakeholders, it's way more than that. And if you know me, you know that most of my recreation takes place on what is the traditional northern Everglades. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm from from Toho South. Like, that's that's my my region and my part of the world. Like, that's where I live. And so, really refreshing to hear it thought of in a more holistic manner, and with a perspective towards fixing the whole system, and with a perspective towards. And I'll, I'll cite out uh, Congresswoman Kamek specifically, Kat Kamek from, uh, I forget what district, but she's the Alachua County area. Uh, she talked even about up the state, issues up the state, water in the St. John's, water in Suwannee, like recognition that we have major water issues in our state. We have major natural, natural resource issues in our state, and our state is blessed with tremendous natural resources. And I believe our state is blessed with some of the best resource manager on the planet, plant managers on the planet. But Super refreshing to hear that from a federal perspective from um, th- these folks that were there that were elected. So really encouraged, hopeful, hopeful that uh, as Congress unfolds over the next year, couple of years, as, as the budgets get written and the, the appropriations are done, we are going to see more and more money funneled towards Everglades restoration, but from a holistic standpoint and funnel towards Florida as a whole in repairing some of our some of our woes that need a federal um, fix. Third thing I want to talk about is another kind of a sad thing and it's not really sad. I want to, it, it I, I titled it on my notes Rio de Ice and I don't know if I'm saying that right or not. Dan wrote a piece, Dan Daniels who was on last week's episode, wrote a piece about the Indian River Lagoon and if you haven't read it, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. It's hands down probably the best piece of writing we've had on our site. And I say that looking at me and Cameron Bissell, like we, we, we've both written a lot of stuff out there and we've written some good stuff. Like I'm not being humble saying that, like we've both written very good stuff. Dan's piece was next level. Like one of the things I, one of my writing heroes always said, whenever he found something that he loved is he said, I I wish I'd written this. That's how I feel about Dan's piece. Like it is a, it is a article. It is a commentary. It is a, just a beautiful story. And I wish I had written it. That's how good it is. So make sure you check that out. It's it's just a, I'm not going to spoil it. It's a, it's a long piece. It's 2000 words. You got to have a attention span to read it, but it's well worth the read. And, and one thing we have not shied away from doing is asking people to play up. So we're not going to dumb it down to 300 words so that somebody can tweet it. We, we want you to play up and, and Rio de Ice is one of the best pieces you will come across ever written on the Indian River Lagoon. Beautiful. So proud of it and, and hope you guys check it out. Number four on my list uh, is the turkey episode. Hearing huge, huge, huge uh, feedback on that. Lots of messages. People just loved Dr. Chamberlain and Dr. Collier. Guys, that was one of the more surreal experiences of my life, being able to sit down with those two guys um, and 
for NWTF to roll out the red carpet, invite me up there to do that. Like I was kind of impinging on their thing, if, if that makes sense. So to share for them to share some of their time was a big deal. Like that's a, that's a much bigger deal. I think that we even give credit for in the conversation. So, um, but we, we've got a huge, I, I say we've got a huge number. I don't know that. I don't actually check numbers really. But uh, my guess is we've got a huge number on number of downloads and listens and everything else just based on the feedback that we've gotten from it. Um, you guys love the scientists. I will I will guess that this will come close to the Phil Lovretsky number and the Dr. Farrell and Daniel Kirkland episodes from last year, which were all just huge episodes as far as downloads go. So you guys, I appreciate you listening to that. Um, I hope you appreciated all they had to share. I, I could not thank them enough for being so generous with their time. I th- I'm going to guess all total. And I think the podcast was like an hour and 15 minutes. I think they gave me probably three, three and a half hours of their time, like just sitting around talking and what do you want to talk about and how do you want to do this and where do you want it to go? And I, man, I don't know if that comes through in the, in the interview or not, but I, I was just blown away with how generous they were. Great guys. Um, Awesome, awesome opportunity. That's something I will remember for a long time, being able to sit down in the room with those guys and listen to them talk about science and turkeys. Number five on my list is going to perk everybody's ears up, and that is the live show. Um, We are at a fevered pitch trying to put together some kind of a live show for the listeners of the Cast and Blast universe. This was actually something I was going to go with the patrons first, but... uh, Oh, well, um, we don't have a date circled. We don't have a venue circled, but we are looking feverishly for venues. So here are the requirements. If you have a venue and you can help us out by finding a venue, if you know of a venue, we are looking for central Florida, the more central, the more better. I know that sucks if you're up in Jacksonville or up in the Panhandle or down in the keys or whatever, but we're trying to make it as central as possible until we can get to a situation where we can scale up and do multiple ones around the state. We will eventually come to you, I promise. But if you want to come to us, we are looking for Central Florida. Um, We want to be safe. We want to be sensitive to the situation that we have with the global pandemic. But we also recognize that the world is opening back up. So um, we are looking for some venues that will work with us on that. If it's going to be during the summer, air conditioning would be a plus, um, probably a non-negotiable plus. So if you know of any venues, we did one, we did our first live show, our only live show to to date at Grove Roots Brewing Company in Winter Haven, Florida, and uh, their capacity will not accommodate what we need. We're we're thinking we're going to need around a minimum of 200 people, probably two to 250. Um, So if you know of any venues that can accommodate that, have a cool vibe, um, and or are free or reasonable, but no, seriously, we're, we, we can put something together for them, but uh, please send them our way. Let us know. Um, we are looking, like I said, feverishly for that. We are not sleeping on the live show. We have not forgotten y'all. We will get together. Last thing on my list for today, before I let you guys get back to your Tuesday is what's next. This Thursday, we will have an interview with Mary Nell Armstrong. You won't know that name, I don't think, but if you do, it's because she is with Southern Fire Exchange. They are a fire science exchange in the Southeast, and we are talking all about prescribed burns, prescribed fire, why fire is good, why fire is not bad. Um, I think you guys are going to find this interview to be fantastic. Mary Neal is a good interview. Um, I won't give any spoilers away, but she has a, she has a funny hobby there at the beginning of the of the episode. Anyway, uh kind of goes hand in hand with the turkey conversations that we've been having so it felt like it was a natural fit so that should be out this thursday 
I am going to warn you guys straight up. There is no telling what is going to happen next Tuesday. M and I are going to be gone this weekend. We're, we're going away and we are going to meet with a friend of mine and I'm taking all of our podcast gear. And if we can get this guy to join us for the show as a guest host, you guys will be in for a treat. If not, you won't be in for a treat. It'll just be me or me and M when we get back. But if, if, if David will join us for a podcast, there's, I probably will never be able to show my face in public again, because he's one of the funniest people I know. And he probably knows more stories about me than anyone alive. So all that said, I hope everyone had a great weekend. I hope everybody had a great Easter and we are looking forward to the week ahead. I think that's all I need Nate here to say, stay woke, but since he's not here, y'all stay woke and have a great week.